<laughs> I feel I feel like I just entered an alternate universe for a minute. What? What? Who are you? This is episode forty-two of On Taking Pictures. How are you, Bill? I'm very good. My name is Jeffrey Sidoris from FadedAndBlurred.com, and with me, as always, my favorite fancy photographer, Mr. Bill Wadman. What if one day I'm not on the other end of the line and you're just like with me as always, Bill? I Bill, Bill, are you want, there? Are you okay? I don't ever want to see that day. <laughs> uh, yeah, either do I. Uh, no, that would be horrible. This show without both of us is nothing. That's right, mister. Hey, uh, we got a big show. We've got a, a really, a, re- a really big show. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That was good. Uh, first and foremost, uh, we have a brand new community, don't we? Yeah. Okay. So a couple weeks ago, somebody wrote in saying, Hey guys, um, maybe you should have some sort of place online where people could like post pictures and things. (laughs) Is that really who it was? No, I don't know. Yeah. It's it's, It's like a Sesame street character. It's it's, it's the girl from the Dr. Teeth and the electric mayhem. Yeah. 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 Janice. Janice. (laughs) Uh, no, somebody wrote in, I can't remember whose name it was, uh, saying we should actually a couple of people wrote in saying we should, we would love to have like a community kind of thing. And we brought it up last week and asked for your recommendations and it seemed to have come down on two sides, uh, Flickr or Google plus Google plus, I think had, had far more, uh, votes. votes. Yeah, it did. Yeah. And so we went with Google plus. So there is a Google plus community for on taking pictures it's private. You got to ask to join just so we can keep out the riffraff and the people who just want to spam and uh, go there and find it. I guess, I mean, we could put the link in the show notes, but I think if yeah. you go to Google I don't Plus, think you can use custom URLs for, for communities yet. No, you can't, which is kind of what is the problem. But yeah, if you look at on taking pictures, if you do a search inside of Google Plus, the community pops up and you can uh, add yourself as a member. And, uh, and we will accept you most likely. And then you can write and man, we, we opened it up what four days ago. Yeah. And we've already got a bunch of people on there, like 60 people on there and they're posting stuff and commenting on each other's work. And it's really great. Yeah. It's a great thing. And, and you know what? Some really nice photos being shared. Yeah. Fantastic stuff being shared. Yeah. Uh, and, and good conversations. And, and we like the idea that it's, um, people actually talking and it's not a lot of there's not lots of yeah that was awesome it's you know actual questions and actual comments and, and everyone's right. polite and it's a it's a great thing it's kind of what we hope the listeners of the show are saying and thinking yep so keep it going yep. thank you for those of you who are already there and you know tell your tell your friends about it yeah because we'd like to make it huge yeah huge <laughs> uh <laughs> all right what else uh oh so this week I did snow angels. Did you see these pictures? You, you were you were out in the snow making angels. I, I was. You know, uh, we had snow here in New York City this weekend. On a you, yeah, you got night. hammered, didn't you? Eh, 10 inches, which I know to somebody in Southern California sounds like the end of the world. Um, <laughs> it does. When in reality, it's a mild inconvenience. Okay. Uh, see, you know, people in the Midwest have tornadoes. Right. People in the South have hurricanes. People out in your neck of the woods have earthquakes that make the entire state fall into the ocean. <laughs> uh, and, One and, can only and hope. And bridges fall down. Um, <laughs> That's right. 
we here in the, in the Northeast, generally the worst we get is a, you know, a foot or two of snow, uh, right. which melts eventually and generally just sort of puts a hamper on getting around. Uh, so we had some snow on Friday night and I thought there's got to be a way to do something with it. And when I was shooting in December, there was a guy uh, when I was, took pictures of Bear Tunde Thurston, I was like, oh, it'd be great to have this like black author doing snow angels in white snow. And it was supposed to snow the day that I shot him. And then it was just this freezing rain and sleet and stuff. And we didn't really get any snow. So I couldn't do the snow angels. But I've been thinking about it ever since. Like taking snow angel shots from above. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I put out a little call to some friends on Facebook. And I had like eight people show up up in the park on Saturday morning. And uh, had them lay down, do snow angels, and then get up. And then I shot the snow angel without them. So with them in it and then without them in it and did diptychs of the two. Sure. If you go to ontakingpictures.com, you can scroll down a little bit. You can you can see them. Uh, and what's it, what's kind of interesting about it was, I mean, the pictures came out nice. I think they were fun and fine. Uh, but people were asking how I did it. So I did a little behind-the-scenes post on the blog, too. Basically what I did, I had the camera and like a 28 millimeter lens at the end of a tripod that was extended but closed the legs. And I jammed the tripod feet into my stomach and had one hand controlling where the camera was, sort of Mm -hmm. cantilevered over the people. And the way that I could see what was going on is I had that cam ranger little box. Right, right, right. So the this company Cam Ranger makes this little box. I think ultimately what it is is sort of an off-the-shelf wi-fi router kind of thing and so it creates a little little ad hoc network between like your phone and your camera between your phone and your camera and it plugs usb into your camera and then you install the software on your iphone or ipad and you can control the camera not only change settings but you can actually get a live view of what the camera sees Hmm. so i had the camera up on top and i had my phone in my hand in live view mode and i could see the shot and go take the pictures when I, when I thought it looked right. Uh, super cool. It, it worked perfectly for what I needed to do with it, you know? Mm. Um, very, very cool. And I've always had like little problems whenever I plug into Lightroom or plug into even in the Canon zone software, things never quite work right with the remote control, uh, or, or the camera locks up cause it's like this weird modal kind of thing. Is right. it the same way on Nikon? Uh, I don't shoot Nikon, so I don't know. Oh, Right. Wow. Uh, see what I did there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was nice. <laughs> um, but anyway, I had a good time, and uh, it was it was fun. I mean, my my backup plan was to use one of those little cheap IR remotes from uh, from eBay, right? Uh, which I had, and I, it could have worked. The problem is I can't see what picture I'm taking, and uh, the the 28 was just wide enough to get everything into the shot. Uh, so I kind of had to see if I had, could have gone wider, I could have cropped in a little bit, but okay. Does this, does the camera ranger, does it, the, the software, does it show you, uh, exposure settings and everything? Yeah. Shutter shows you speed, exposure ISO, settings and ISO and you can change all that kind of stuff. You wow. can even change. Yeah. I think you can even tap to focus. Oh really? I think they've even got that in there. So when you tap, it figures out what focus point and it sets that to focus point and then it hits focus. Wow. Uh, I've never used some of those things and apparently you can also do it in, uh, uh, client mode, which basically would make it so that when you're taking pictures with the camera, it's automatically sending them to the iPad. So your client could say, be holding an iPad and be seeing all the pictures as they come off the camera. Oh, that's slick. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's very cool. It's, it's look, it's, it's, it's a piece of tech that if it's what you need, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but it's not for everybody. You know, I mean, right. I, this is a very special case when it was handy for me and I'm lucky they lent me one to try, but I, you know, I'm going to send it back in the next couple of weeks. But it was finally, I finally found after like a couple months of, of doing stuff, I finally found something to use it for that wasn't just like a, here, let me turn this on and just see if it works. You know, right. This right. is an actual shooting situation. It worked great. Uh, so I, I, I give it up for the people at Cam Ranger. They, uh, they, they made a good product. That's very cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's it for the for the for the angels thing. Hey, you put up a uh, post about your I new did. camera. Uh, kind of a partial review, first impressions of two weeks in with uh, with my X Pro. And uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. If you'd like to read it, we'll put it in the show notes. But uh, I love the camera, probably uh, more than I should. But uh, it's it's been a lot of fun to shoot. It's it's a different way of shooting. I'm really jealous. Are you really? Yeah, I want one. You should get one. I'm poor. I'm a working photographer. I don't have money for this kind of stuff. <laughs> I'm not even that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah no, it's uh, I, I really like it, and uh, you know, like I said, it's it's like your your cam ranger. It's not it's not the tool for everyone, right? But for for how I want to approach or how I feel I need to approach photography right now, I I can't imagine a better solution at the moment. Okay. Then I think that that's fantastic. I yeah. no, I am jealous. It, it looks really cool. The pictures it takes are really beautiful. Uh, and just as a, a little side note, so I went to the Aperture Gallery and saw those uh, the pictures that. Oh right, the kind of Fuji sponsored. Yeah, so it was what Eggleston, Steve Shore, Nan Golden, uh, McGinley, wasn't there? A, a, Ryan McGinley, yeah, yeah, and uh, Terry Richardson, mm-hmm. uh, and they were all given. These, uh, I'm assuming they gave them X Pro ones because I believe that's what happened. Okay. Uh, which makes the most sense, right? And they had them all taking pictures and there were prints. And now some of them prints were fairly small, you know, like 11 by 14 kind of size. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then some of the prints were big, like 30 by 40 inches. And they all looked good. So what is it? 16 megapixels or whatever? Yes. Uh, you know, you can go up to a big poster if you have to. Uh, that's pretty cool. A couple things I will say. Number one. It, seeing those pictures proves the maxim that we talk about on the show all the time, which is that the camera doesn't matter because all these people have the same camera and the Nan Golden pictures look like Nan Golden. The Stephen Shore pictures look like Stephen Shore. The Eggleston, mm-hmm. you know, they looked like the respective photographers. You know, that has so much more your vision and your choice of framing and settings on the camera have so much more to do with things than whether or not that sensor is X, Y, Z and does X, Y, you know, R. Right. Um, and it's, it's interesting just seeing, because like you wouldn't know that all these pictures were taken with the same camera, but they were, um, Terry Richardson's were terrible. They were like pictures of a vase with like hard on camera flash, you know, the usual Terry Richardson thing, but it was like Uh, a vase with some flowers in it, but it was all blown out. Yeah, doesn't doesn't he just use uh, uh, like yeah. a speed light on? Yeah. A lot of times yeah. it's on camera or he uses it like handhelds from mm-hmm. above. I, I'm not a big fan of Terry Richardson, but that's the whole – that's neither here nor there. Um, also, the, the Ryan McGinley, he's the guy who did the picture of like the nude girl in the grass. Right. So those pictures were, were the big posters and they looked good, but what was interesting about them was they were very, very grainy, like very grainy. Like purposefully grainy? Yeah, but not additive grain or at least not like post-production grain. You know, it was like it was camera noise 
I mean, it looked, hmm. it was good looking. It looked good in this context at this size, but I can only imagine having looked at your pictures at 32 and 6,400, I can only imagine that he turned off all noise reduction. Okay. If it's possible. Yeah. Um, and then just shot to JPEG or whatever, didn't clean them up at all afterwards on purpose. It, it was art artist artistically grainy, you know? Yeah. Like yeah, it was yeah. noisy on purpose. Cause there's obviously he didn't need to, cause it was pretty shallow depth of field. And it's a girl in grass. I'm sure there was more than enough light to take a good picture at, you know, at, uh, ISO 1600 or whatever, you know, I mean, right. there's no way that he, he couldn't have had that little light, you know, unless he was shooting at night, which he wasn't. Um, well, look, one of the things that I've noticed about the, the X pro is the, the noise is it's yes, there's noise at, you know, 32 and 64, but even then it's more like, it looks to me more like film grain than digital noise. You think that's because of that, the way the sensors colors are lined up? I think that's got something to do with it. Sure. Uh, they're, they're using a different type of a sensor array, um, that supposedly introduces a lot more randomness into the way that the light is, is gathered. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, even, even at higher ISOs, it doesn't look like, uh, what we've come to expect from, from sensor noise. Or at the very least, it looks a hundred times better than film would at the same speed. Right. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Uh, sure. I remember using, I used to shoot black and white Ilford 3200 speed film, even on medium format. And it is so contrasty and so incredibly grainy. Yeah. Um, you, people who have only ever shot big digital, like, you know, have only ever had like a 5D or better. Uh, have no idea how bad it was in the film days, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, even, it has even a certain HP look, five, yeah, really grainy film. I love HP five, but it's, it's a really grainy film and it's yeah. only 400. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's it, it, to get smooth, clean things at 1600 is just mind blowing for photographers who have been around for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, interesting, uh, show very small, maybe, Five Nan Golden, eight Stephen Shore, five Eggleston, couple McGinley. It was not huge, right? It was, you know, just one right. little room. Um, so then I'm standing in the bookstore and I'm talking to you on the phone. Right. Because I'm telling you about the books they have there. And I get off the phone and a guy walks up to me and he says, hey, excuse me, are you Bill Wadman? And I said, yeah. <laughs> and he said, uh, uh, my name is Ar- Arnaldo, I think his name was. And he's, he's just like, you know, I'm a big fan of the show. And, and I was like... <laughs> This is crazy. I'm actually right. getting recognized in real life for my podcast. This That's was funny. It was it was pretty damn cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just kind of funny. Apparently he apparently we've talked via Twitter, but I haven't heard from him since. So hello. Uh and uh it was just it was just nice hearing that uh people like the show and like what we're doing. Yeah. And we get we get cool. a lot of that. But uh yeah. but yeah, it was just really funny. Are you are you Bill Wadman? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, yeah. I am. Who put you up to this? Yeah. <laughs> Heather's in the background. No, I don't want a stripper gram. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it was just kind of, it was kind of cool. Kind of nice. Yeah. Uh, so what do you want to talk about today? What else we got? You had something, this, it's been on the, on the, the list for a couple of weeks now, this, this style versus fashion conundrum. Yeah. Last okay, last Friday I went to see um some dance. And this was the Paul Paul Smith thing? Paul Taylor. Or, Paul Taylor. And and it was it was Paul Taylor dancers, but it wasn't Paul Taylor choreography. The idea was it was the choreography of a lot of the people in the company or ex 
members of the company and a lot of the dancers from the company, uh, including uh, my friend uh, Francisco, who I think is a listener to the show. So hi, Cisco. Um, and he he was showing off a, a, a piece that he choreographed him and, and this woman did this did this piece. And afterwards, it's like I walked up to him and I was just like, you know, I haven't I think it was the first thing I've ever seen that he's choreographed. I mean, I've seen him dance a half dozen times, but I've never seen uh, his own choreography mm-hmm. and his choreography already. And he hasn't done that much of it in the grand scheme of, you know, people have, you know, uh, it already looks like him. Does that make any sense? Sure. And it was just amazing to me how how quickly he has gotten a hold of something that is unique, mm-hmm. you know, or, or allowed something that is unique to move through him. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. It, like he has a signature already just like there, there was, there, there was, it was movement and it was graceful, but it was also sort of, um, uh, romantic, a little like almost feminine in the way that like, it, like the motions that he chose and the things that he does. And they're just beautiful. Now, um, it, it, would you say that this is more so, than when he's doing other people's choreography. I mean, can can you see him in other people's choreography as much as you can see him in his own? Uh, I think I've only ever seen him dancing stuff for Taylor, and that has a very specific kind of look to it. Mm-hmm. But it, but he definitely has grown outside of what Paul was doing with him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he's mm-hmm. he's not cloning his boss. You know, which yeah. which I really liked, and it just I bring this up only to say that a Cisco is just this monster dancer, and good than him, and uh, but also just to say that it's it's that that building up some sort of style, some sort of signature, some sort of cohesiveness to your work. Uh, I wanted to bring it up in the context of: is it possible to plan for that? You know. Well, and and if it is, does it look like you've planned for it? Yeah. Or is that organically applied or, you know, the, the, there's those people out there who are constantly sort of chasing whatever's in fashion. Mm -hmm. Um, Compositionally post-processing that kind of thing. Yeah. Lighting, you know, the whole thing that, that, that are, are they, are they, are they working themselves into a corner as far as uh, satisfaction, artistic mm-hmm. satisfaction goes. Do, you know what I'm trying to say? I, I've always thought that you can't consciously develop a style, that a style is, is, is sort of, in hindsight, you, you look back on whether it's music or, or writing or photography or even painting. You can, you can start it on a trajectory, but ultimately the work is going to go where it needs to go. Okay. And it's only when you look back on where the work has gone, in my opinion anyway, do you see a style or can you see a style emerge yeah. that doesn't feel forced? I mean, you can, you know, I, I can try and shoot like XYZ photographer or try and paint like XYZ painter, but I think it would come out looking like me trying to emulate those people. Rauschenberg. Rather than just letting letting my own vision or lack thereof dictate what I shoot and how I shoot it, uh, I think that that is probably true. Um, I I also think that you know I was thinking about my own. Gary O sent me an email the other day saying that he had just looked through my work again and 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 
and how it all had a very good look and you know he was giving me compliments and stuff but 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 basically he what i got out of what he was saying was that my work felt like a cohesive whole like the, mm-hmm. the work that's on say my website or whatever but i remember that there was a time when it wasn't like that you know where maybe it was just because i hadn't shot enough i didn't have enough stuff in my portfolio that i was that happy with so there was there was filler in there mm-hmm. you know and there there that that the, the, the when you're starting out you you're it's more you're not hitting the target all the time you know you're or you're hitting the target but it's just a nice spread it ends up right. looking like a shotgun hit it as opposed to a, a rifle mm-hmm. you know now, would like, this be like when you're like 2007 when you're doing 365 yeah, portraits yeah or, sure yeah. yeah yeah and i mean some of the pictures might be really good um and there are some pictures from that from from that year that I look back on and I'm like, this is a, this is a really good photograph. I like this photograph. This is a good portrait, but this doesn't look like me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I tend to call those things out as I move forward, you know? So are you conscious of that when you're shooting? Do you, do you, do you shoot with the Bill Wadman style or no, is the I, Bill Wadman style a result of how you shoot? <laughs> I think that it's the the latter, but but when I'm shooting now, I am shooting in a very different way than I was four or five years ago. You know, mm-hmm. my way of doing things has been honed because I took pictures a certain way, and these came out good, and that you know is, has this positive feedback loop or negative feedback loop with things that didn't work. Um, well, that okay, that brings which, up an interesting point. D- does technique dictate style? Does it informs it or te- influences? Sure. Yeah, entirely. Uh, it's it's a big part of what it is. Um, it's so yeah. I mean, there's things that that I things I would play around with back then that I just wouldn't even think to change now. You know, because I have my way of doing things that makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, of course, there's always those chances where those things get you into a corner, right? Um, but but it's just, it's interesting that that so there was a time when my work was kind of all over the place and I looked at my portfolio and I was just like this doesn't this doesn't give an accurate picture of me or I kind of would look at it and go oh man if somebody comes and they look at that picture and that picture and that picture like they're gonna go away thinking I'm X kind of photographer mm-hmm. when what they really should look at is that one that one and that one it's like but I didn't have enough of that second set in order to make a full portfolio now I do. And then some, to some extent. So now it's hard to like choose the stuff that goes in there because you don't want to put too much up, you know? Um, yeah. And you, you start getting into these sort of questions of, did I did I choose to, to create that style? Did I choose to have, as my friend Meg Wachter likes to call, uh, I wadmanize my photos, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Is wadmanize, TM, uh, <laughs> a... a a conscious choice or is that just sort of like what's happened because of the, the amount that I've shot or what I've shot or how things went and, and how, and how that influences. And now how does that intersect with, you know, what, what might be the thing that people are shooting now and how it intersects with what I do. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I mean, I think certainly for portraiture, there are, and maybe they're, they're soft edges, but there are schools of portraiture still, just like there were schools of painting or, or still are schools of painting. There are certain portrait photographers who they use beauty dishes all the time and they use them in exactly the same way all the time. Mm-hmm. Or uh, they, they use they them will, today. 
Well, yeah, but did you use it in the same way that you would use any other modifier or did you let its own strengths and weaknesses come through? Uh, I used it and then after I was found that my uh, Octobox that I was using wasn't making me happy. I was like, you know what? Let's try the beauty dish. Mm -hmm. Uh, And yeah, it's different angles, different light. It's a very different light. Right. Um, But, but, you know, but those, I mean, those are tools, but like, it's funny whether you see a picture that I took with an Octobank or with a, with a thing, it still looks like my pictures, Mm -hmm. you know, the pictures at the beginning of the shoot and the pictures at the end of the shoot still look like Bill Wadman took them. Right. Um, well, it kind of goes back to, to the aperture thing. You know, you, you've got Eggleston using a digital camera for the very first time, but it still looks like an Eggleston photograph. Yeah, they look, they look like Eggleston photographs. I wonder if he even had the screen on, you know. Um, it just, it's, it's it, and then, I mean, this, this kind of gets into that whole concept of luck that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. And, 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 I mean, we originally meant it, and we can talk about this in a little while, of... of being good and being uh, magnanimous and being networky and all those things, sometimes the happenstance and chaos of the universe is good to you or bad to you, you know? Right. That there is a lot of luck in all of this stuff. Sure. Being successful, I mean, you could, you is a lot about being in the right place at the right time, you know? Um, I, even, I mean, like, I, I am not a big fan of, say, Nan Golden's work, and and you know I don't want to rip apart Nan Golden. A lot of people love her, but I look at it and I go, "All right, like was it just that in the early '80s or late '70s when she was doing this stuff? Like the idea that some woman would get out there and take a picture of herself beat up by her boyfriend was avant garde, and then it got pressed because people were like, "Oh my God, she's actually talking about this stuff." You know, mm-hmm. where nowadays if somebody did that, you'd just be like, "Okay." What, you know, because it's been done a hundred times, you know, right. that so much of what what we do nowadays, uh, it's like trying to find that next big thing, you know, that. But, but isn't that kind of uh, isn't that kind of the art in it? Uh, you know, the, the 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 idea that, well, anybody could have done that. Well, yeah, but they didn't. She did. Yeah, no, true. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you know what? I mean, it, it, as far as you know, remember last week, we talked about the whole idea of like what's next in photography right right um no one saw that the things all the things avidon shooting on white you know avidon doing or, uh, irving penn's portraits up in the corner of that thing right. or you know all these things that are that are tropes that are uh cliches in portraiture say nowadays mm-hmm. uh at one point weren't because they were invented and people didn't see those things coming you know, so, so what's next, you mm-hmm. know, um, can you even, it's sort of like, uh, I was, this is going to be a really cheesy reference, but I was watching the other night, I had watched something really heavy and we decided to watch something really light. So we watched an episode of MacGyver. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> you like where this is going already, don't you? I do. <laughs> now I like MacGyver and I didn't realize until afterwards, and this is just a quick aside that that MacGyver is really just a playoff of Magnum PI with less violence. Yeah. Like it's him talking to the camera. You know what I mean? Like him not talking to the camera directly, but doing the voiceover. Doing the narration. Sure. Yeah. And uh, it just kind of cracks me up because I, I always liked MacGyver because I like the idea that he's not violent. He's just wicked smart, you know? Um, yes, I just said wicked. And no, I did not grow up in Massachusetts. It was a joke. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to let it go. <laughs> uh, but but what I was thinking it was, you know, like here's here's – 
MacGyver in some situation and he comes up with some idea that's going to save everyone's lives or whatever, right? Right, right. Now, once he's come up with that idea, it seems like perfectly natural. How could that idea never have existed? Well, you know what? Before he didn't have that idea. Look at how many pictures are you in your, in your portfolio that you took that like they, they didn't exist before you took it and you really liked that picture. Well, you know, you didn't you didn't know you were going to take that picture. You know, an hour before you took that picture, you didn't know it was going to come out great. You didn't know that the light was going to be just right. You didn't know that the girl was going to look good in this certain way in this certain place because you hadn't been there yet, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So in much the same way, from a more macro scale, we don't know what's coming next in photography. And people could sit there and try and talk about it. But like most of those people are talking about it like the way fashion people talk about it. You know, ooh, it's going to be in next season. Well, that's that's. If you knew what was going to be in next season, it wouldn't be next season. Right. It would be this season, you know? And, and you, you know, the other side of it is you, you don't know what's going to, because it's a creative medium, you don't know what's going to catch on. Right. You could, you could release the greatest tool ever that does, you know, X, but if people don't flock to it, if people don't embrace it, then it kind of just fizzles. Okay. But, but what, if if you are in some sort of uh, let's say you're I'm too old and stuck in my ways, but let's say it was somebody like me three years ago when I was still kind of building up a look of the kinds of things that I wanted to take. So it, it only took you three years to get old and stuck in your ways. Yes, <laughs> I'm just that old. I mean okay, that means you ahead. were stuck in your ways what in the early '60s. <laughs> um, it, but just that the. Uh, it, when you're when you're building up that sort of self image as an mm-hmm. artist as an artist as a photographer as whatever as as a maker of things right you have you have a certain signature that goes into your work at some point should you consciously be trying to mold that signature in a certain direction you know uh it could be that the stuff that i take let's say next year i come up with some genius thing and it becomes like the next big thing in portrait photography for whatever reason i have no idea what that is because again you never see it coming right um you know should should you be trying to find that next big thing or is that just sort of like if it happens it happens it's luck i i would hope that it's that it's unintentional you would huh? I, I, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I think if, if, you're, if you're focusing on being different, there's a chance that you will not be focused on being good. Okay. No, that, no, 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 no. That's, that's, that's a good place to go. You know, is, is different good? Yeah. Not necessarily. Those are two different uh, uh, axes, you know? Yeah. I wrestle with that a lot. And, and there's, there are definitely discussions happening all over on both sides of that fence. I want to be good. I want to be good. I want to be good. I want to be different. I want to be different. I want to be different. And that's, that's kind of a, 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 it's a difficult question. What makes, what makes more impact standing yeah. out because you're different or standing out because you're doing the same thing that other people have done countless times before you, you're just doing it better. Yeah. You know, I, I have a, I saw a quote the other day that I have now as my background cause somebody made it into a background and it says, uh, be so good that they can't ignore you. It's by Steve Martin. 
That's that's I mean, it's it's a great piece of advice. Yeah. But is, you know, we've talked about this before is is being polished is being is is that good enough? You know, uh, the other day I was writing an email to somebody uh, who I wanted to look at my work f- fondly. And I wanted to sound, you know, there's always this question of like, if you're going to somebody new, depending on like where they are in the social strata of what you're trying to connect with, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, if I'm writing Ann Curry, I'm going a little more hat in hand than I would if I was talking to, you know, you. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) You you. know, you know, you know what I'm saying, right? Like, you know, like (laughs) you and I are on, on the same level, so I can talk to you as an equal. Right. Or there's people I can't talk to. I appreciate that. Thank you. Okay. So there's people I can't talk to or wouldn't talk to as an equal. Because, you know, if I was writing, uh, 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 um, what's his name? Uh, Meyerowitz, you know. Yeah, sure. I'd be like, you know, hey, Joel, you know, love your work for years, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm going to suck up a little bit more than otherwise, right? Okay. And I sent, I was writing this email and I had Heather look at it. And it was, uh, I kind of talked, I said, you know, if you read this email, like, you know, do you, would you think I'm X, Y, Z or do you think, you know, do, do I sound like I'm standing up for myself enough? Cause there's a point at which I, and I do this all the time where I'm sort of, I'm putting myself down. I'm self deprecating a lot of times, you know, like, um, if I talk about myself, not as being that good, if they see my work, maybe it's better than I'm talking about it. And that will be sort of like, they'll be pleasantly surprised by it being good. You know, mm-hmm. where in reality, what I really should do is stand up, stick my head, you know, t- tip my chin up and say, my work is good. You should look at it because ultimately I think it is good, you know? Um, and, and Heather said, you know what? She's just like, your work speaks for itself. You know, you don't, so you, you don't, don't have you to don't qualify need- it at all. Exactly. Okay. But, but I tend to all the time, you know? Uh, and, and I think it's good but is it different and do people want different or do they want good? You know, and people is a very vague term. People is a vague term and, and it, I don't think good and I, different are vague terms. Yeah. And I don't think one applies to all, to all people. Right. 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 I think there, there are, you know, ultimately it's, it's, you've got to, you've, I think you've got to be true to yourself and the work will shake out and, and it, the work will be what it is. It will go where it needs to be. If you're putting in, if you're, if you're putting in the time and the effort and, and, and honing your, your craft, your vision, your, you know, your, your talent, however you want to phrase that, I think the work will go where it needs to. Okay. I hope, but it has to find you working. It has to find you making the effort. So do you, do you think that all the people who come out and they have uh they're 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 what's in they just happen to be in the right place at the right time and their their natural style became what's in fashion? I think there are a number of very well-known photographers who are extraordinarily lucky. Okay. I think there are a number of them who are also very very good, but I think there are those who 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 uh, the stars kind of lined up for them. Yep. In ways they're friends with the right people, have. and just at the right time, they put out sure. something on their blog sure. that hit some kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, how many how many gallery shows have you been to where your first thought was, "I wonder if they knew the owner of the gallery?" Kind of uh, thing. About ninety percent of them. 
you know, but I mean, it, it, I, I think there is that there is, you know, and we've talked about this several times where there is an establishment that wants to tell you what's good work because of one agenda or another. But there are also people that you will never see who are amazing. Mm-hmm. There are people on 500 pixels that I stumble across who make me want to, you know, sell my camera and go work at Starbucks. Um, they're just amazing. They understand something that I've yet to understand about looking at the world through a viewfinder. How much do you want for your camera? <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no, you're, you're entirely right. Yeah. I mean, there, there are those people out there and I see those people out there all the time, which is mm-hmm. why, which is why it's hard for me to stick my chin up and say, I'm good. You know? Sure. Well, um, and you've got the other side of it. You've got the people that are out there doing this year's workshop or this year's tour yeah. to whatever foreign country to learn photography. And you're like, wow, really? Yeah. Really? Yep. Now, you know, being in Thailand and taking cool pictures of, you know, go to Cambodia and shoot Angkor Wat, I'm sure it's delightful. I haven't been to Angkor Wat. Um, but is that actually making you a better photographer? Is that just, you know, you being here? This it's You know what that kind of stuff reminds me of? It kind of reminds me of when you go to like a national park and they're just like, this is this is the scenic panorama spot right, to take right. pictures. Here's the vista point of Half Dome. Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, now look, I've taken that picture. I'm I, Right next to me on the wall is a giant print of a picture like that. Mm-hmm. Um, although mine's a little weird because of the way the clouds were that day. Um, but, and, and that's fine, but like, don't, don't think that that means that you're being original, right? You know? It's, it's fine if somebody set that, that's like going to the golf range. That's going, yeah, that's what that is. That's going to the driving range. That's not playing golf, you know? Okay. Cause yeah. it's, the balls are getting set up for you. Uh, I don't know. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and this is something that, that we've, I think we've talked about a number of times where it's, it's, it's the, you know, uh, try to take a bad picture of Kate Blanchett kind of thing. Yeah, man. I got that, you know, I got that Rankin book yesterday. Oh yeah, that's right. You, you, you got it the other day. Four out of 10. Really? Yeah. Not impressed. Wow. I mean, some of the pictures are beautiful in it, but you know, they're one big light in a really nice studio with gorgeous people made up gorgeously. Okay. You know, Hmm. there's very few that are like, okay, he got something there and I've seen his other work. Maybe it's just this one book is just like, eh, eh. maybe because I, I mean, I'm disappointed. I I have to admit amazing photographer. I I completely agree. But for some reason, this book was just a little bland, a little, little Hmm. boring. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I go back and forth trying to figure out if, if, if what I need to do is be more deliberate in the style that I'm creating, or if I just have to trust my gut and go with the flow and make what I make and then see that it is something after the fact. Well, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's evolution or revolution, right? Yeah. It's, do you, do you intentionally say, I'm going to set out to change this and make something amazingly cool and wonderful that everybody pays attention to or do you do the work and see if anybody pays attention and those are two completely valid ways of proceeding in my opinion yeah i tend towards the second 
Well, mm-hmm. and then then it gets to the question. I mean, we talked about before too, which is okay, great. So, 150 people like your photo on Google Plus. Where does that get you? <laughs> you know. Well, okay, yeah. Social media is a whole other weird. Yeah, but why? Why do? Why do we see some picture we put up gets three likes, and some other picture you put put up gets thirty likes, and you kind of go. Is that other picture 10 times better than the first one? Yeah, I, I think there is way too much time spent looking at hit counters and likes. Yeah. You know, I, I would rather have uh, the, 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 the 60-odd people that are in the OTP group who are already sharing and discussing and, and posting images and learning and, and, you know, connecting with one another than 1,000 people or 10,000 people that – that don't do anything or that, that post great photo, nice job. Love it. True. Uh, and you know, for all of you who are down with OTP, um, <laughs> you like that? Yeah, that was very nice. That was terrible. Uh, <laughs> wow. I don't know. So yeah, you know, you go back and forth. Um, but you know, today I was, I had some, I had an actress here. I was doing some headshots as a favor for a friend of a friend. You like doing the headshots? No, not particularly. I mean, it's fine. You know? It seems like it's a challenge because it's so controlled. Uh, yeah, there's that. I mean, I don't, I don't usually, t- I don't take them very often. It's more mm-hmm. just, you know, somebody sees some other picture of mine. They're like, oh, I want you to take, you know, or sure, you know, yeah, I'll be nice and and take headshots. Not like in a snotty way, but just like, eh, you know, I got nothing else going on that day, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know. Um, and I don't, I don't claim to be the world's greatest headshot photographer because I don't do it all day long. The people who do it all day long tend to take very consistent headshots. They take the same thing of everybody. You know, that's their thing. And they know all the headshot tricks, which I don't know. I just try to take nice pictures with nice light. And they came out fine. But what was interesting about it was the, the uh, makeup and uh, the, the subject, who might actually be listening to the show right now because I told her about it. Um, it was just interesting hearing them talk about the world of what they do, you know, it was, it was, they would say things like, um, you know, so-and-so said that I need to go for this sort of look, you know, they said that what I need is the, the, the nerdy writer look with glasses, like, cause that's what's in and they can get me work that way. That kind of, you know, that kind of, and they're thing. communicating this to you. Like this is, this they is were, what they I were, they were talking to each other and I overheard them talking oh, okay, like this. Okay. And I just found it very interesting because the photo world isn't quite that sort of, um, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but sort of gossipy in that way. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure there are people out there who are telling, who would sit down with me and say, Oh, you're, you need to take more pictures that look like this. And I've had people tell me that, you know, mm-hmm. the problem is, is that what the heck do they know? The person who's telling me that, like, why do I necessarily trust them? You know? Right. Um, I've, I've, I remember one time I, I had my drabbles, book with me and I went to see a photographer that I shall remain nameless. And, uh, and no, it, it, can I guess, can I guess? No. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and, 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 and I, I was talking to him and I said, you know, yeah, he was making tea and I, and I said, yeah, so my agent told me that I should start taking this kind of picture. 
you know, something more deliberate and, and more uh, staged and whatever it is. And that ended up becoming my Drabble series. Mm-hmm. And while he was making tea, he was like, oh, that's a terrible idea. And oh, that's, you know, that's that's not going to work for you or whatever it is. Uh, Wait, meanwhile, you've got the book under your arm kind yeah. of thing? Meanwhile, I have the book under my arm about to show it to him when he's done doing it. Like, basically, if you start doing what other people tell you to do, you're you're in for it. You know, like mm-hmm. that's that's mm-hmm. the wrong way to go. So he sits down, he opens the book, and he goes, oh, these are really good. <laughs> Forget what I just said. Well, that's right. That's 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 the feeling. So then you're just like, okay, well, what the hell do you know? You know, if you, if you, if you weren't right when you hadn't seen them. You see Why what, are you right when you had? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And it, it, it was a little bit of a, uh, a little frustrating. Um, but in the end, he really liked them and said nice things about them and gave me some pointers. But I just I always kind of take that to heart when people kind of poo poo stuff or or don't get back to you or, or not that impressed by your work. It's like, you know what? Not everyone's going to like your work. Um, not everyone's going to think that what you're doing is right. If people say, oh, take that out of your portfolio and then you go to the next guy and he's just like, oh, my God, that's the best picture in your portfolio. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same picture that happens all the time to me. Well, and that's that kind of gets me back to you end to, up getting back to where your gut is. Yeah. Who do you shoot for? Who do you paint for? Who do you write for? You know, yeah, there are people. I do that, all that, that for you, Jeffrey. <laughs> and I appreciate it. You know, there are those who are very successful doing what the market expects from them. Yes. Yep. But, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, do you want to be Thomas Kincaid or do you want to be Avedon or, you know, whatever it is. Right. Um, I tend to want to find my own way and I want to stumble through it and I want to let things emerge that I didn't see coming. Yeah. Yeah. But are we being naive? Probably. Yeah. That's, that's my worry is that I'm going to, it's 10 years from now and I'm going to be like, man, I really should have. <laughs> no, no, no. Wait, how do you sound? I have to. Improve. <laughs> 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 uh, you see what I'm saying, right? Like, yeah, the, you know, true. that, that I'm no, but that I'm going to look back and be like, oh man, I wasted those years of my life because what I really should have done was found a target out there in the distance and, and move towards that as opposed to just sort of wandering around the field. See, I, I guess my problem, one of my problems is I don't know what that target looks like. I, no. And, and, but okay. Does it matter what the target is? Is it better to move towards something versus just sort of letting the, 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 the water take you? Is it better to swim than to go with the current? Again, two completely valid ways of looking at things. You know, some, some, for some reason. One might work out for somebody and the other one might work out for the other and vice versa. Right. Yeah. But, but for some reason, forward in any direction, just movement has become a crazy deviation that, that I know for myself, uh, the fear of work not turning out well. Mm-hmm paralyzed me from doing any work at all. So I didn't even give myself the chance to succeed or fail. Right. It paralyzed me at the start. Yeah. I'm, I've since tried to move past that and tried to, you know, put things into the flow. I don't know what direction they're going, but there, there's movement. And do, that, I think, is what's important for do, me. Does it help? Like, you know, we all have that feeling, you know, and I know 
I'm sure Nikki had that feeling when she started shooting this food stuff, Mm -hmm. but now she's like knocking it out of the park. Does it, do you, do you look at like, you know, she's, she's like, you know what the hell with it? I'm going to shoot this stuff all the time and I'm going to get better. Mm -hmm. And even if I'm not happy with the first thing that I do, it's I'm, I'm on the road. She, she's, she's got a goal. Absolutely. And, and I, and I think that's, again, getting back to movement there, there is movement. She yeah. tried one direction and was somewhat satisfied, changed directions and has not only seen a greater connection to the work and the process to get through the work, but she's, she's seen better results, which propels her forward, which yeah. propels her down that, that yep. path. Yeah. And the stuff's looking amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Um, so, so there's, job. there's, there's definitely, you know, the, the, okay. You know, she's got a goal just like when I did the one a day thing, I had a goal and that goal now when I, you know, it's like, okay, I have a combination of my client work and I have the combination of the ideas that I come up with. And then I have the combination of the, along with the, every once in a while when I shoot headshots or have somebody over and just take some pictures for fun. Um, would I be better off having a larger structure for that to live inside? You know, mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. just, and it's just, it's a thing that I constantly think about. Well, I mean, and, but then there's the other side of all of this that, that says you're not in control anyway. Right. Yeah. You're not in, I mean, you can do everything right. You could have a beautiful subject to photograph. You could have impeccable lighting. You could have fantastic styling and, and produce what is arguably a near perfect photograph. Yep. But if it was it done in 2009 unnoticed. when the economy yeah. was in the pooper, yeah. then no one's going to notice it anyway because no one's hiring anybody. Right. You know, what if I peaked during the Great Recession? You know? Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, look at the people who made millions of dollars during the dot com back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Not every one of those people was a genius. A lot of them rode the tide, mm-hmm. you know? And that's, that's the other side of things too. Um, and I was thinking that, uh, to, to move on to something else, uh, the, you know, we were talking about video, yes. taking this frames out, whatever it is. And, you know, the more I watch, cause I've been watching movies lately and a lot of it's really well done, but, and people are talking about how stills and video are sort of merging, converging, you mm-hmm. know, that the two things are converging. I think they're so incredibly different. Like the more Still. I, yeah, the more I watch like motion pictures. Like we watched Argo the other day. Okay. Which, which I've heard is fantastic. Which okay. was very good. Yeah. Okay. And it was very well done and everything like that. But I was just sitting there. And I was just like, you know what? People moving is very, very different than people not moving. Um, and the control that you have, because when somebody looks at a photograph, you see the moment that the photograph is showing you. You don't see the moment before. You don't see the moment after. You're not seeing the rest of the scene. So it's not like at a movie thing where like there's a close up and then a far shot and you know a wide shot and then you know it's like where you get a greater sense of you. You have they give you just enough information for it to be a mystery in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that regardless of storage and fancy cameras and 4k this and 4k that I think that stills will always have a special place because there's some way there's somewhere between hold on stills 
produced as a still, not stills extracted. Yeah, I mean, I okay. guess if you, I guess if you extracted them from the thing and then never showed anybody any of the rest of the thing, mm-hmm. um, but I think stills in general will always have a place because they they sit between painting and movies, you know, between video and painting. It's like it's it's reality because you're just capturing light the way it was in some sort of sense. I know you can manipulate the heck out of it. Um, but, but then on the flip side is, is that you, you're not giving so much information that it is reality. It's sort of like this, it's this middle gray area Mm -hmm. between what, what you see and what you think or what you see and what you feel. Yeah. It's, it's like a digital diorama. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's making me, it's making me love stills more. As time hmm. goes on. Wow. I guess, you know, it is, I appreciate them more and the handful of things I've done with video. I mean, they've been fun, but I don't like it as much as stills. It's like that you can't, you don't have enough control for me. You can't craft it enough. It's not, it's not as malleable, you know, mm-hmm. too much stuff is sort of set in stone right off the bat. Just by the fact that you're filming and reality is going by. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but then there are people who who they live in film. Scorsese lives in film. Yeah, of course. You know, Spielberg yeah. lives in film. Yes, and there are people out there who are masters of all these things. I just mean mm-hmm. for my own, you know, artsy satisfaction. Right. Uh, I lean towards uh, – stills are still doing it for me in, in a way that video or any sort of like – even all these animated GIF things and – what do they call them? Photograms. I'm sorry. Did you did you say animated GIF? Yeah, officially officially it's GIF, isn't it? I always said GIF, but would I it also GIF. be graphics? No, it's but it's actually uh, GIF is actually the official pronunciation. I think. Really? Yeah. I'll have to look it up. <laughs> uh, I used to say GIF. Yeah, the pronunciation of G I F. Like GIF as in the peanut butter. Then why isn't it JIF? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's graphics interchange format, right? Isn't that, isn't that somebody the... said it's pronounced like GIF period. The end. That's it. End of story. <laughs> that's what somebody said. No discussion. I, that's all right. I, you know what? I, I used to say GIF all the time. Anyway, what are we talking about? This is not a, <laughs> this is not in here nor there. Uh, the point is, <laughs> um, yeah, photograms not into those either. Anyway, uh, we have we have a bunch of uh, questions, but why don't we, why don't we talk about Squarespace a little bit? Squarespace, everything you need to create a remarkable website. Yeah, man, Squarespace have been pretty good. Apparently, the uh, our listeners have been uh, very interesting. Squarespace. Uh, uh, They've, we've been sending a lot of traffic their way as far as people trying things out. So everyone must want an easier way to make a website. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, so they've got these beautiful templates, as you know, and they keep adding more. They added a couple new ones. Uh, also, just as an FYI, the commerce beta is now active. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's ha- in the general control panel. Have you tried it? I have not tried it. I just noticed it this morning. Okay, we're going to have to try it and talk about it next week. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the, you know, they got these templates and there's new ones going up every week. Uh, of course, drag and drop interface. So when you want to move things around the page, you just drag things around. You can also drag 
pictures straight from your desktop, drop them in the browser when it asks you for the new pictures. You don't have to go searching through the file box, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. Um, responsive design. So you shrink them down to the size of an iPhone and they shrink down to the size of an iPhone without you doing anything separate, special. In fact, when you upload images to them, apparently they make like seven different versions of the image. So it looks good at every size and it set upload, you know, it gives you the right, it, it, it serves up the right one for the right size right. machine. You know, it's, it's really smooth as it, as you, as you kind of even slam down your browser, you know, there's no, it's not this sort of staccato, yeah. you know, three transition. It's, it's very smooth as you go down. So if you've got, you know, a seven inch tablet or a 10 inch tablet or a 27 inch monitor or a four inch phone, yep. it's going to look great. Yep. Absolutely. And of course, uh, social media integration. So pull in your stuff from WordPress or, or Tumblr or whatever, and then you can output it uh, to your social network. So it'll, it'll, you know, you put a new thing on your site, you can straight to Twitter and Facebook and Google plus and the on taking pictures, Google plus group community. Uh, it's, it's all there and it's fantastic. And of course, don't forget that, uh, portfolio app for your iPhone and iPad, right? Which, uh, takes your images off of your website and keeps them in sync locally on your phone so that you always have a, a portfolio on your phone to show people. Right, which is a lot better uh, than whether just or not you pictures. have a Wi-Fi or three G connection. It's, yeah. it's 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 there. So yeah. great stuff. Very cool. Uh, yeah. You know, go try them out. If you go to squarespace.com/otp, uh, you can go uh, give them a shot for two weeks, and you don't have to give them a credit card or anything. Just a username, an email address, and a password, and uh, and you can play with the site. And if you like it, and you choose to buy, you can set up. They'll give you a free domain name if you buy a year. Uh, it's, it's about $16 a month for the expensive plan and $8 a month for the cheaper plan. But you know what? You'll probably end up going for the expensive plan anyway, cause it's got all kinds of cool features, unlimited bandwidth, unlimited blog pages. It's amazing what they go. And come on, 16 bucks a month is peanuts. Look at it compared to like, you know, all those other things that photographers try to get you to sign up for. Um, and if you, and don't forget 24 hour customer support. If you want to give them a shot, you're going to order, use the offer code OTP2 for February. Boring. We're going to come up with a good one for next month. Boring. OTP2 will get you 10% <laughs> off uh, when you when you go purchase. Uh, anything else you want to say about Squarespace? Uh, no. No. I think it's, you know, go check them out. Uh, yeah. Squarespace, uh, everything you need to make exceptional websites. Squarespace.com slash OTP. We thank them for their support. Okay. So questions time. It's Q and A time. We like these Q and A's. Uh, yeah, and they're, they're they're better. They're better and better. Do you, do, you, do you want me to set one up for you to knock out of the park? I, I, hopefully, I won't foul out. <laughs> <laughs> That's baseball, right? Fouling uh, out. Sure. <laughs> so, Jeffrey, what do you see in Ryan McGinley's work? What do I, okay? Yeah, this was Some, a question who, on the blog. Who who asked that? Relentless oh, a, focus. Relentless focus. Well, isn't he uh, intense? Yeah. Come on. Use your real name. <laughs> what are you trying to prove? <laughs> He's too busy focusing relentlessly. That's right. Relentlessly. Uh, what do I see in writing? What I, what I, okay. It's not what I see in his work because his photographs are, hmm, how can I say this? It's the world that's portrayed in McGinley's work that I I'm fascinated by. Okay. It's, it's, it's this <sighs> youthful, carefree, 
abandon-based world that's so different than than where I live that I just I'm I'm fascinated by it. Okay. And his 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 work really is you talk about a style. Here here is a I his work is consistent in the world that it presents. He he's good at getting young good-looking people naked. Uh well there's that too. Hey, actually, there's a picture on here of somebody that I took pictures of once that he took pictures of. That's weird. I know this kid. Uh, wait, you know, wait, you know, I know one of his subjects. Oh, you. Okay. 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 Yeah. So I hope that answers the question. It's, it's just an interesting world that, that he has portrayed, captured, created, um, et cetera. Uh, the toning is interesting. Um, I don't know. I just, I find his work really fascinating. Okay. Uh, I could see that. Yeah. He's a good looking guy too. Someday I'll be that good looking. You think? No, I'll never be that good looking. (laughs) But, uh, but I, I, you know, I can, I see what you're saying. Uh, and maybe we'll, we'll use him as a picture as, as the photographer of the week one day. Okay. And we could talk about that a little more. Um, David Rabouin writes in and says, art school skewed Jeffrey's view of what might be considered good photography. <laughs> I does, loved this. does knowing, studying, surrounding yourself with great photography somehow inhibit you from grading, creating great photography? Uh, I, I, I think it can. Wait, um, see, he didn't say art school may have skewed Jeffrey's view. It's art school skewed Jeffrey's yeah, view. See, okay, but I, okay. I was, I didn't study photography at all though. Right. It was, it was illustration, you know, 2d, 3d painting yeah, and, and all that stuff. kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, but, and, and I don't, I don't think that, that, that art school or, or any of that, I think it's just my own, my own hang up about not being good enough, whatever that means. Now, uh, oddly enough, this show is doing this show is, I mean, it's therapy in a sense, right? It's, yeah. it's allowed me to work through a lot of things. And I, and I think that it's helped me to start putting work into the flow for critique, start putting work into the mix for consumption and not being so concerned with the relative quality of the work as it pertains to someone else but am I satisfying my own sort of creative compass? Am I following my own creative compass? Do you think when there's a, there's a shift of attention away from what other people would think and more into more of an, uh, internal comp- internal clock kind of thing. You, you understand what I'm saying? Like, even though you're aware that when you put stuff up on, your website or whatever it is that other people are going to see it. That's not why you're taking the pictures. There's sort of a, there's an initial intention that gets shifted a a bit that gets flipped. Well, yes. And, and I'm look, I'm still choosing what to share. Right. True. I mean, I'm, I'm shooting, I'm not uploading every frame. No. Oh, well, no, don't worry. Neither Uh, does Steve McCurry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no, I mean, I, I, I still decide, what I'm comfortable sharing at the moment. Um, but the intent is still 
to somehow grow and somehow feel like I'm progressing, whatever that means, right? Sure. Uh, but I will say that, that, that doing this show has helped tremendously. And, and by extension, I'm assuming that participating in the group, uh, the community rather, is, is going to help that as well. I could, I might, I could see that happening. Yes. Uh, I think it's, yeah, no, you're right. That is all true. Uh, but his, his general question of knowing and surrounding yourself with great photography inhibit you from grading great photography. Uh, I don't, I think it depends on what kind of a person you are. Mm -hmm. Uh, there are those people who can get, are inspired by having good stuff around them. There are those who are overwhelmed by having fancy stuff around them. I think I've changed over the past 10 years. I, th I think I was one type. I would react like, oh, Christ. You know, I'd see something really amazing and I'd be, I, I would get kind of deflated by it. And I would get, you know, what's the point? That's how I am. You know, I'm, I'm never going to be as good as X, you know. So what's the point? But over the past probably, again, 10 years or so, I am – inspired by it. I, I see what, you know, 17 year old kids, 22 year old kids are doing with, with a T2I and a reflector. And I go, Holy crap, that's yep. amazing. Yep. And it just fires me up to go out and, and shoot. Or I see what, what painters are doing or sculptors are doing. And I just, it, it makes me want to tear into the medium and, and try to contribute and try and get there and try and create something that that amazes me like their work has okay yeah what what, what made the the shift for you i don't know i don't know i've i've you know i've, I've nikki and i've had several conversations about, about this i don't i i don't really know other than you know the, there there's that whole thing when you're in college that you've got to suffer for your art and you've got to you know there's this whole mindset that you you do that you that you well you you, you 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 have to work for it i don't believe you have to suffer i don't believe you have to be miserable and and producing good work is somehow a reward okay i think that you do have to work at it you it, it is a job it, it this idea that you're going to go live in a warehouse and you know paint when when the muse chooses to strike you is is silly you, it's a job. You do it every day. That's how you get good at it. It's discipline. It's work. It's focus, and it's it's happy accidents and luck. Okay. I think that's all true. But then again, I could be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's all these things are very difficult. You know, they are they're philosophical questions as much as they are reality questions they're psychological questions you know yeah i mean and and it's there's no answer i mean if, if you are working at a at a drill press no offense but the holes go here here and here if your holes aren't there there and there you've done it wrong mm -hmm. you know if you uh stock grocery store shelves in the middle of the night well you know the labels face out if your labels don't face out you did it wrong yeah but there's no guidebook for this. There's no guidebook for trying to create something. There's no there's no blueprint to look out and go, oh shit, I did it wrong. Yeah, true, true. So yeah, it's it, to, to your point. It's extraordinarily difficult. Yeah, harder than some people like to think. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but at the same time easier than some people other people think in the sense that the trick is to just go do it mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah well that, that's it's never going to get done unless you start that's for sure yeah yeah <laughs> the old adage uh the only thing between the only difference between thinking and doing it is doing it yeah there you go <laughs> hey uh i even asked a question about charging st- charging for stuff did he ask that yes. on the google plus page on google plus yeah uh you should I, I have no point of reference for this so i you should take this all right let me let me let me pull this up because this is this was an interesting question uh i think the idea was he shoots Wait, this is the guy who shoots uh, 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 events sometimes, right? Right, right. And uh, he usually get he gets permission. He shoots the events. He shows the people. The people generally like them, and then they pretty much ask if he will give that to them. And he wants to know how you go about approaching them to say, "No, how about you pay me?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that basically kind, of, just kind a- of after the fact, where where there hasn't been? It seems like, and and correct us if we're wrong, Ivan, but it seems like. There hasn't been a discussion of money changing hands prior to. Yeah, I I have this problem sometimes Mm -hmm. Um, because there are certain people who I will contact every once in a while because I want to shoot them for my own reasons. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, uh, let's let's take an example. I I took pictures of um, Ray Kurzweil a few years ago and. I contacted him. I went up to his offices in Massachusetts. Uh, he said, well, he said yes, obviously. Uh, I so went th- this was just a personal project. It, it didn't, you didn't shoot him for an editorial at the time right. or anything. Yeah, this was okay. for me. Okay. Um, and I, you know, I, I went up there. He said yes. You know, uh, and, and a lot of people will say yes. They look at my work and they say, okay, this guy is – you know, the, some of the people who say yes to me might would probably not say yes to everybody, but they like my work, so they you know say yes, uh, which is very makes me feel good because right. a lot of them will say. Usually, I say no to these things, but you know, you know, you know who hasn't said yes? Um, who's that? Ann Curry. Well, she said yes. We just haven't done it yet. <laughs> um, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Wise guy. Uh, so I, I went up there. I took pictures of him. Uh, he seemed to like them. He had them up on his web. I said, you know what? You can use them on your website. Uh, but, you know, if you're going to use them for anything else, let's figure something out. That's usually how I handle it. Okay. So you you had this discussion at the time that you shot them. Yeah. Which, okay. w- But there's always this weird thing because if you go to somebody, I've I've contacted people and said the same kind of thing. And then they say, well, can I use them for, you know, anything I want? And I'll say, well, I'll allow you to use them online for avatars and that kind of stuff. But if you're going to use them for commercial, real commercial purposes, I ask that we work something out. Mm-hmm. Some people are just like, hold the, the hell with that. Which and I think they, is, they refuse you the, the, the photo shoot then? Yes. Really? Yeah. I've had that wow. happen a number of times. Um, and then I've had people who I've shot and then, you know, there was sort of this tacit agreement that when it was over, like if they wanted to use them for real stuff, they'd have to pay and they'll ask for the pictures and then I'll say, uh, well, that's great, but how about X, Y, Z amount for, to use the picture and they don't get back to me ever. Mm. Or, you know, they rarely ever say no. They usually just don't say anything at all. 
Mm-hmm. They don't answer. Um, the way I see it in some ways, if I go and take your picture, Jeffrey, cause I wanted to take your picture and you decide that you want to use those for, you know, your professional purposes or whatever for a headshot or for promotional material. It's almost as if you got my shoot for free. You didn't have to pay for me taking your pictures, whether you liked them or not. You know what I mean? Right. Where if you like them, okay, well then pay me for usage of them that you, cause you like them, you know, it's sort mm-hmm. of like they're getting something for free either way. Cause if they hired me, I'd charge them even more to come take the pictures and usage. You're basically right. getting the shoot for free. You're getting the shoot. Yeah. You're yeah. getting the shoot for free. Sure. Um, so for example, then a year, about a year and a half later, uh, Ray Kurzweil's PR company or PR lady emailed me and said, you know, we, we'd love to use this picture as Ray's author photo in his new book. And they said, could you send me the high res file, please? Which is always the thing they didn't, she didn't say, um, you know, how much will it cost? Right. Or we, we'd like to purchase, we'd the like to purchase file. the high res file. Yeah. It was, yeah. please send me the high res file. Now, sometimes these people are a third party and they don't realize that I've never gotten paid for it. You know what I mean? Like they don't know the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, in this case, I was like, well, you know, I told Ray when we shot the picture X, Y, Z, how about this for this much time? And they got back to me. They said, oh yeah, that's fine. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll pay you the full thing, you know? And that, that is sort just, of the no best negotiation. Outcome. Just okay. Yeah. They were like, okay, okay that's fair. Uh, and, and, you know, and they paid me the credit card that night, you know? So it's like, sometimes it works out and it's really fair. You know what I mean? Uh, other times it's really awkward. It's, it's a really difficult thing to do. Um, in Ivan's case, I would say that you should probably figure out a way to be more explicit up front and be like, I think he asks permission, you know, or he's, or he's shooting this stuff to go up to him before the thing and say, look, I'm taking pictures here for the house. Um, you know, I'll, 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 I'll send you some low res copies and they're available for purchase. If you would like to use them for whatever, mm-hmm. just make it clear that, that there, there will be money changing hands if you want to use this professionally kind of thing. Yeah. And it, it's weird. Some people are so good about it and some people are such jerks about it. And, there have been people who I've worked with who I thought would be really cool about it, who were jerks and vice versa, mm-hmm. you know, and there's no rhyme or reason to when it feels fair and when it feels stupid and you have to let these stupid people go. You know, if somebody doesn't yeah. want to pay for it, then you know what? Just walk away. Yeah. Chalk uh, it up to experience. And yeah, and- at a certain point you have to be paid for your work cause you got to pay your rent too. Mm-hmm. You know, most of these people are getting paid. You know, if some guys wants to use some picture I took of him cause he's going on a lecture tour. Well, you know what? Then give me $300 yeah. and you can use the picture. Like the, what? the agent that booked the lecture is getting paid. The, Ex- exactly. Uh, yeah. 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 It's because it goes back to the Harlan Ellison thing. Yes. Ex- yes. It, everything goes back to that Harlan Ellison. Rant. <laughs> everything goes back to Harlan Ellison. That guy is a piece of work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's entirely true. And a little frustrating at the same time, you know. Um, so, Ivan, I guess that's the easy, that's the long answer to the yeah. question. Um, but yeah, that's that. Uh, all right, what else we got? We got um, uh, we, we've got uh, Aaron's, Aaron's questions. Yeah, that we didn't get to. You want to quick go through these? Yeah, number one. 
Uh, I know they're very different, but would you guys prefer to have prints or photo books uh, from your favorites? Uh, both. Next. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> prints are fine. Like if I was getting like a book of Ache or Avedon, I'd rather have the book than prints. Yeah. I mean, yeah. unless they were original signed prints, in which case, sure. But do I want a box full of prints? Nah. Yeah, no, no. I'd, I'd, yeah, single prints, but multiples, I'd definitely rather have uh, some sort of folio or book. Yeah. I mean, most of these photo books now are really well done. Mm -hmm. like the prints are beautiful. Uh, number two, what was the problem with iPads and large images you mentioned in an earlier podcast? Um, that no idea. That was that the iPhoto on the iPad can only import up to 18 megapixel images. Oh, right. Okay. Right, right, right. And so if you're using a bigger than 18 megapixel image, uh, it won't import. So what you have to do is kind of shoot with your camera. If you're going to shoot raw, you also have to shoot like medium JPEG. So it saves mm -hmm. a smaller thing. And just shoot the medium JPEG over to your iPad. Yeah. I just gave up and said the iPad sucks. Yeah. So, that, the, so there's the problem with the iPad. It sucks. <laughs> um, I honestly, okay. I don't know that I would have one except for the fact that I feel like I have the need to have one just for testing purposes. Sure. I don't use it that often. I use it like in the bathroom to read on. That's what I, use I yeah, I, 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 if they come out with a retina mini, I would, I would do that. Yeah. But that's very similar to like what you have your little Nexus. Well, yeah. So, I mean, if, like, I mean, most of the time I use it for a web browser and I use it for email, you know, yeah. or, you know, I use it for the three things that I use my iPhone for. I don't, I only have like 25 apps on my iPhone or something. I don't have a ton of stuff, you know, mm -hmm. it's like all in one page of folders. Right. Because there's not that much stuff that I, I use it for the phone, Twitter, Facebook, you know the browser the things that it really excels at yeah 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 and apparently cam ranger app every once in a while um but the problem was that you can't go bigger than 18 megapixels i don't know if they've changed that since i last used it but that was the limitation it was really annoying was this uh ios 5 or ios 6 when you tried this that? was uh probably ios 5 because it was october mm -hmm. um and it was it was it was more of an issue with iPhoto. I think it was an iPhoto limitation, not an iOS limitation. Ah, okay. Um, so, but why they landed on eighteen megapixels? Because like, what's the difference eighteen and twenty one? Really? That's going to be a that's going to break the camel's back. Uh, yeah, especially when they just released a one hundred and twenty eight gig iPad. <laughs> yeah, stupid. Anyway, uh, that uh, was the number problem. three. Uh, what's that? Y'all have mentioned this before. Wow, oh, I actually said y'all. Yep. Where are you from? <laughs> uh, how big would you print smartphone photos thinking of using some for photo books, not poster size? Uh, look, photo books are probably great. It, again, it's going to depend on the camera in your phone, but if it's an iPhone five or, a, you know, galaxy S three or, or something that's six or eight megapixel. Yeah. Right. Photo book would be fine. I think I printed from my iPhone four, which is what, like a five megapixel camera. Mm -hmm. an eight by 10 and it looked really good. Okay. Um, so there you go. So iPhone five at eight megapixel or, or a galaxy S three fine. Eight by 10, eight by 10 sure. 11 by 14. Maybe you might even be able to try 11, 14. I mean, you'll, you, you start noticing more of the things that make, you know, even though an iPhone is eight megapixels, you know, your picture out of a Canon 20 D five, six years ago is going to be a better eight megapixel file than your iPhone's going to sure, put out. Sure. Yeah. Well, the, the, yeah, the sensor is about the, as big as the head of an eraser. Exactly. Right? So, so the, 
you know, there are limitations to something that small and you will start seeing the limitations more and more as you get bigger and bigger in a print. Just like if you go 100% in on a lot of these pictures, they don't look nearly as good as they look when you're just zoomed out. You know? Right, right. Um, things look very digitally very quickly, if that makes any uh, sense. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 the Barry and Lyndon thing. Does that, do we want to do that now or later? Yeah. Next. Well, so what was the thing people talk about, uh, people love this movie and mostly because they use these crazy lenses. Is that true? Yes. Uh, so this is a 1978, 79. Uh, yeah, uh when was this? Ryan O'Neill. I think it was earlier than that. I think, uh, let's see. So this is a Stanley Kubrick film, period film from like the Georgian period. And, Famously, he shot five. Okay, he shot famously with the Zeiss fifty millimeter zero point f zero point seven lenses. Um, on this camera, but the entire film was candlelit, right? Well, the inside there were inside scenes that were lit with candles, and he shot with this crazy wide open lens, uh, which kind of people always talk about how it makes it look like a painting. You know, because things are out of focus in this really beautiful bokeh way. Mm-hmm. Um, I see what they're saying, but I think that that's a little bit of a stretch. It, to me, it just looks like there's a lot of things that are out of focus. Um, so, yeah, he found these lenses. Uh, they, they, I don't know. They were built for some crazy thing. And they were then, NASA lenses. Yeah. And then he was using them for uh, on this Mitchell BNC camera, uh, which is this crazy old school camera that was like originally designed in the 20s. Um, called the the BNC with the blimped newsreel camera, and he had somebody custom mount these crazy lenses onto these BNC cameras, these Mitchell cameras, and yeah, people talk about that stuff all the time. How fantastic, you know, mm-hmm. these things look. Uh, I've never watched the whole movie in its entirety. I flipped through it. I hear it's a very good movie. I'm uh, these long form Kubrick films exhaust me, um, but I should probably take the the the, the chance to go take a look. But it we, is on Netflix right now, streaming, for go. those of you who have Netflix. And we added uh, a couple links in the show notes, one to an article called Two Special Lenses for Barry Lyndon by Ed uh, DiGuglio, who was the president of Cinema Products Corporation. And it's, and it's crazy talk about how he did it and all the rest of it. And then there's also a video on YouTube by I think maybe the same guy or similar guy uh, talking about uh, – basically talking through this whole process and him like talking to Kubrick on the phone. And, you know, right. it's always fun hearing right. it first person. And they, they talk to some of the cinematographers who've worked with him and, right. and get their take on it. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, totally interesting. Um, so anyway, check that out. It'll be in the show notes on takingpictures.com uh, slash podcast. And you can get to the show notes. Uh, if you have questions for us uh, before we get to this photographer of the week uh, podcast at on taking you can find Jeffrey and I on Twitter it's at Bill Wadman and at Jeffrey Sidoris, uh, double D one R, uh, or on the new uh, the new Google Plus or community. on the new Google new Google Plus community. Uh, there's actually a special uh, what, what would they be called uh, to to, to uh, buckets to put things in? What are sure. they? Sure, yeah. You, there, there's a little drop down when you're when you're posting something. Uh, there's a little drop down between the text box and the submit or share button, rather. Uh, that you can choose what section you want to post to and, yep. and you can post a discussion or, or photographs or yeah, show topics. Yeah. Uh, and so, so, and that's it. So we, well, we love hearing from you and we love doing this stuff. So, uh, all right. Photographer of the week. This is all you, you found this guy. Uh, 
this is okay. This is sort of a, a question mark, and I bring this up because this guy, some would argue that he is or is not truly a photographer. He is a photographer, but he also does other things. So his name is Michael Light, and uh, I originally came to his. Uh, he came to my attention when I was looking at a picture, a book he did called Full Moon. Mm-hmm. Wherein he got access to scans of the uh, NASA pictures on the moon, super high res scans of like the original files. Now, here's the thing when they came back from the moon, they clipped off the first shot on each roll. And these were these were 120 film, but they had these long rolls in these in these backs. So I think they were like 64 pictures per roll or something like that. And uh, they cut off the first one, which they had shot on the earth with all kinds of test pictures and that kind of stuff. So when they took it back, they could run that one picture to make sure that the formula, the the chemistry was right before they went and processed the film the one time they could. So they didn't screw it up, which is kind oh, of ingenious. Wow. That's you know? kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, look, all the targets in the, the color charts look right. Well, then I guess we have the chemistry right. So run the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Um so what they did was they 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 ran this film. It came out. The first thing they did was make a copy of it, and the originals went into a vault, and no one's ever touched them. What the what anybody's ever seen were copies from the copy, were were scans and things from the copies. So he got his hands on I think the not the original originals, but like the first gen copies, and mm-hmm. had them scanned at as high a resolution as he could. And then he did all kinds of digital stuff to clean them up and and color neutralize them and and all the rest of it. And they are these gorgeous, sort of the best version of all the Apollo pictures you're ever going to see. Uh, And so if you go to the uh, Rose Center Planetarium at the Natural History Museum in New York, there are these huge five by five and and, and eight by five prints of these pictures on the moon. In fact, eight by five feet. Yeah, huge. Wow. In fact, uh, the picture on my portfolio of um, Buzz Aldrin is standing in front of one of his prints. Okay. You know, just to give you an idea. But there's mm-hmm. a there's a book of it. But the 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 idea is that he some in some ways interpreted these original photos because there's sharpening that goes on and contrast and stuff like that. You know, he's not going for complete and utter accuracy. He's going sure. for yeah. He also did a book called uh, uh, was it Hundred Suns. And this is the uh, the atom bomb one. Yeah, it was. It's a it's a hundred photographs of nuclear tests, American nuclear tests. They're really surreal, aren't they? Mm-hmm. And they all look very, very different. And, and again, so now, he got, did like, he the do the same thing? Stuff. He was granted access and yeah. then yeah. did his thing. Okay, yeah, they're from the archives at Los Alamos and the National Archives in Maryland, and uh, it's just incredible, incredible stuff. Uh, and he got access to those and scanned them and cleaned them up and they're beautiful in this book, sort of the best version of them that you could imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, he also apparently does his own work uh, in, 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 on his website. There's a whole thing of aerial photographs that he took out in Western America of like um, strip mines and uh, suburbia and that kind of stuff. Handheld large format camera in a small aircraft. Oh, he flies the small aircraft and takes pictures at the same time. With the right. help of an assistant. <laughs> that seems like a really bad idea. Wait, who was who wrote into the show that's also a pilot? It was like Yeah, yeah. Take a what you know what? I don't know if I want to fly on that airline. 
Um, <laughs> and over cities, he would he would get in helicopters and have other people fly. But uh, these books are enormous that yeah. he makes of these photographs. I mean, yeah, they're these, humongous these, books. These prints are yeah, they're huge. This guy is on. He's he's definitely one of those scale type people, right? You know? Um, and you know, scale sometimes works, especially for the moon stuff. The scale is amazing because it feels like you're on the moon mm-hmm. looking at these big pictures and the books are well worth it. If you're interested into, if you're into the moon and Apollo and the rest of it, getting full moon is, is, is a very good investment. I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, but you get in this question of like, is, is he, I mean, yes, he's the photographer of these things, but is his work considered photography when it's scans of other people's work that he then manipulates and right. sort of perfects and refines? Uh, it's, it's a question for the group, you know? That's, uh, that's, a, that's a really good question because he's, he's then retoucher, maybe sort of cinematographer after the fact. Yeah, yeah, especially at least for that stuff, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I wrote him when I was going to be out in San Francisco just because I wanted to go take a, a portrait if he was around. Um, and he never got back to me, so I don't know if he doesn't like me or what. Um, That's probably it. Yeah, he probably doesn't like me. Um, but you should go check it out, michaellight.net. Uh, you can see the pictures, and I'll put also I'll put some links in the show notes. But the uh, the it's full, really interesting stuff. Yeah, the, the full moon and the one hundred suns. It's like two of my pet subjects are the moon landings and nuclear testing. So nuclear weapons and the moon landing are like my two big things. So I, I would imagine that Michael Light and I would get along really well. Yeah. Because um, it's right up our alleys. Uh, but anyway, just putting it out there. Uh, I thought you'd get a kick out of it. You, you should yeah, get that book. Cool. The book's really amazing. Uh, the moon one. Yeah. Yeah. I think I will. Definitely worth it. So Michael Light. Anything else before we wrap this up? Uh, I think we're good. We're good on time. Yeah. I think we're almost exactly an hour and a half. Look at that. Look at that. Bam. Or boom, as Steve Jobs used to say. Boom. Boom. Yeah. Boom. That's that's a funny video. Just like all the collections. All the booms. Of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you should put that in the show notes. Yeah. Um Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it too. My throat uh, so hurts we talk so much today. Go go uh go join the group. We'd yep. love to to see your photographs, hear your hear your feedback and discussion. Yep. Uh Twitter, Facebook, wherever you want. Yeah. And you know where to find us uh, on takingpictures.com. Uh, we can get, you can get to anything. Uh, leave a, a review or a rating on iTunes if you're so inclined. That helps would be people very find the show and uh, helps us figure out why we're not in, like, what's hot or new and noteworthy. Hey, I, I will say that it was pretty cool. You got that email from, um, uh, who'd you get the email from? The, oh, the, 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 uh, the students. Oh, right. The teacher? Uh, who was who that? You know what? Let me find that really quick. You sent uh, it to me uh, last night. Yes, I did. But now where is it? And it was just really cool that you, <laughs> apparently we answered the question to the high school students and, 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 and the high school students are listening. So thank you very much, guys, for, for listening. And uh, Jesse. Yes, yeah. And uh, Jesse Myers. Yeah. You were okay. gonna, they were going to send us some pictures of the students work. I want to see the students work. Yeah. Uh, how do we want to, do you want to maybe just Jesse, maybe add them to the group? Yeah. Put them in the photography yeah, section. Put, let's the group start putting and, some stuff uh, up on, on, the, on Google plus. Yeah. Share with the group and, and, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it. And, uh, and Jeff, Jeffrey won't be mean at all. <laughs> yeah. I'm the mean one. <laughs> uh, all right. Till next week. I'll talk all to right. you later. See you next week. Have a good week. <laughs>